episode 93, Transcription Services Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trostclair, and today we are Benjamin Walker's perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards nominated host, Dr. Justin Trostclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Okay, now some doctors may not know that some offices, some doctors, especially in hospital settings, use transcription services. That means instead of taking your notes on paper, you voice them and they get sent off, put on paper, you review them, sign it, and you're done. It's a time saver. So we're going to go through a guy who started out doing these in just the medical profession. And then we'll talk about like how the landscape has changed and how they have had to broaden their service to like lawyers and depositions and law enforcement agencies and things like that. We're going to go behind the scenes on like what that was all about. How does it integrate with uh, EMR systems? Why use them versus say like a dictation software and like how and how some of that stuff goes all the way to foreign countries and how that has affect the way it's actually transcribed. Do they miss things? We even talk about the future of his business. Like, can computers do this for you better? Uh, what if there's three or four people talking? And near the end of the interview, like very end, we find out that he is really excited about like SEO and Google Analytics for his business. So he's learned a lot. So he gives us some great resources, not only as books, podcasts, but also three different websites that you can use to try to dominate your on-site SEO, local Google search. So definitely stay tuned to the end of the episode for that. He's a nice guy. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Enjoy your workout. Enjoy your commute. Be safe. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash nine three. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China in Denver, Colorado. Today's guest is something that some doctor offices use all the time. Others don't realize the power of it. It's called transcription. <gasps> yes, the guy today. He has served on the boards of the Colorado Medical Group Management Association and the Colorado Association of Healthcare Executives. He does transcription services, not just for doctors, but legal, law, financial people, and just people who need it. So that's pretty awesome in my opinion. Please welcome Ben Walker. Thanks, Justin, for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to be honest with you. Just out the jump, I got to know a little bit of your backstory because... I was reading you were in like mortgages and things, and I don't think people really wake up one day and say, you know, I want to I want to sit down and just type for eight hours a day and transcribe. And I, something tells me you probably weren't that person who said, I'm going to be the one transcribing. and I could probably hire this out. So what was the of all the career paths? How did you find this? And what's, what's the backstory? Well, the backstory is kind of funny. I just happened to be at dinner with my parents about 10 and a half years ago. And they were talking about a new friend of theirs that was starting a medical transcription company. And I immediately said, I want in. And they said, what are you talking about? And I said, I want to work for whoever the guy you're talking about is because I don't like doing mortgages anymore. This isn't what I thought it would be. And I want to get into the healthcare industry because of the baby boom generation and the boom that was about to happen in the healthcare industry. And since they're baby boomers, I don't know if they took that very well, but they said, okay, well, we'll introduce you to this guy and see how it goes. And if you guys get along and strike something up, then go for it. So 
I don't know, two months later, I met him at Denver International Airport when he was coming back from an international trip, and he had like a six-hour layover. So he came out of the security, and we talked for a couple hours, and then two months after that, we were signing uh, articles of incorporation. Whoa. And you started out doing medical transcriptions, that's correct? Yeah, we were a medical transcription services company exclusively when we started a little over 10 years ago. And just briefly, what is that and why would people use your services in general? Not just you, but like that whole industry. Why, why do doctors use that? Well, medical transcription is kind of a hidden thing that not a lot of people talk about because doctors don't dictate in front of their patients. They'll usually go into their office, maybe in a hallway or at a workstation after they see a patient and they'll dictate what happened during the visit. So if it was a standard visit and they do a history and physical, the doctor will dictate an H&P. Or if it's a pre-op for a shoulder surgery, a rotator cuff, he'll do the pre-operative report. Justin injured his shoulder playing baseball, sliding into second base, you know, and he'll go through all of that. We're ordering an MRI and x-rays that should be done soon. Once we get those results back, we'll have a follow-up with Justin. They do that behind the scenes where you don't really see it or hear it happening. And doctors do that because they can dictate a 60-second report in 60 seconds. That same report that they were to type themselves would take eight to nine minutes to sit down at a computer, to type it all out like we do for them. It takes eight to nine times longer for them to do it. Now, is that something that, that all the EHR, it's, uh, does that make it more complicated or are doctors, because you know, there's a lot of check boxes typically, this has to go there. Or do the doctors just like make it like an amendment and here's a – we just save into the computer into their chart and then somebody else inputs it or you don't do – does that just add an extra paper? Well, so if they were to enter it into an EMR like you just asked or, or an EHR, whatever they want to call it, it's going to take eight to nine minutes. Regardless if it's in an EHR or if they were to type a Word document, it's still going to take eight or nine minutes. Okay. If we do it for them – their portion will still last 60, maybe 90 seconds because we can log into their EHR for them and, and fill out everything. They'll use a template and we'll follow a template and we'll fill in the boxes for them. Okay, cool, cool. So it's not just like a thousand words as like a, do a Word document, boom, and then it's attached like an MRI report. It actually goes where it's supposed to in the EHR. I didn't realize y'all had back access to it. That's pretty cool. It's both. We've done both. It just depends on what they want. Okay. And probably on their system, maybe? How fancy exactly. their system is? Yeah. Okay. Some are really sophisticated. Others are very easy to navigate and don't take long to learn at all. And do doctors get upset? I'm guessing human error happens, but if they find that y'all don't do something you want, do they just call and say, hey, can y'all format it in a special way for me? Is that something that can be offered? Yes, it is, because every doctor has their own preferences and requirements. So it's almost like that now anyway, because of, you know, everybody likes it a little different. So one guy might do uh, a soap note differently than the next guy or gal, and we 
kind of go along with it. We create files for each of our clients so we know when we're typing for each client, Dr. Smith likes it like this and Dr. Thompson likes it like this. So we accommodate their preferences. Now, I'm, I'm a, I've already prepped you a little bit. I'm going to ask you a question. I think that's going to be on everybody's mind. Like, okay, cost is important and everything. But before I do that, I was reading a little bit about you and you transitioned to a lot of other fields. And I'm curious, what was that about? Was medical not enough niche or did like law, did law enforcement as well, like lawyers, law enforcement, is that just uh, something that they're doing now? Is it a big, bigger market, bigger fish? Well, because of the changes in technology in the medical industry that you alluded to, electronic medical records and electronic health records, doctors are dictating less. So we were losing clients because doctors were pointing and clicking. And I wanted to diversify so we weren't tied to just one niche. Now we have, you know, five or six pretty big ones and three main medical, legal and law enforcement. It gives us a little room if, you know, something goes sideways and we lose a larger client. We're not totally hosed when that happens. Yeah, I would assume like for lawyers, my goodness, that's their job, typing and writing. And it must got to be easy just to, to, to talk it out. Uh, yeah, you'd think so. Uh, a lot of lawyers have in-house paralegals that do that kind of stuff for them. Letters. Where we help lawyers a lot are depositions and court hearings because there's multiple people involved. It could be a four-hour hearing. Their paralegals aren't really trained for that. You know, we have uh, trained people that have good ears and they can uh, differentiate between your voice and my voice and the judge and the, the other attorney and, you know, maybe a, um, a clerk or something that all speak during the same recording. Okay. So they, that can get pretty complicated pretty quick. Yes. I was switching gears. My, my brain just kind of goes somewhere. Doctors, especially like orthopedics, neurologists, they can use some bitty, some really big words. Stuff that I, I wouldn't even know how to pronounce, like the drugs and everything. How do they figure it out on your end? Fortunately, there are add-ons to Word that you can pay for on a monthly subscription basis to add in the new medical terms and pharmacological terms so they can keep up to date. The, good, the doctors that have been dictating for a while or were trained well, they know to spell it also. So when mesothelioma comes up, well, that's kind of an easy one, at least for transcriptionists. They'll spell it out. Yeah. And a new drug name, they'll spell it out. Or they'll say who the manufacturer is so we can Google it really quick and find it. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. And if there is any question, we'll put it in parentheses or highlight it or, or timestamp it, whatever that doctor wants. So they can jump to that part of the recording themselves or have one of their assistants do it and make sure it's right. Right. Because you're supposed to review them anyway as the doctor before you hit sign an okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So when we're talking about fees, we don't have to talk about exactly what your fees are, but is it per minute? Is it per page? Or how does that play out? Uh, in the medical industry, it's per 65 character line. And it can go between, our pricing goes between 10 and 14 cents, maybe 15 cents a line, depending on a few things. It, it Yeah, it depends. It's usually 24-hour turnaround time, Monday through Friday. If doc, one of our clients, if they work over the weekend and they want it over the weekend, we just ask that they tell us so that we have somebody ready. Otherwise, it's Monday through Friday. And it, it's pretty standard, a 65-character line, if the doctor or the doctor's office knows what they're talking about. Because some don't, and they may call someone who isn't 
you know, following the same industry standards and they might do a 60 character line, but not tell them it's 60 characters when the industry standard is 65. Oh yeah, it does. It's almost a 10% difference. Yeah. We, we've been doing the same pricing for eight years. Oh, wow. So I just was just curious on that one because it's one thing to, to not do it and, and, be a busy clinic because a lot of our audience isn't really medical doctors. It's going to be the chiropractors, the physical therapy, the dentists, you know, those types of docs who generally maybe I haven't seen a lot of dictation, but like you said, it could be behind the scenes and we just haven't, I've never really asked that question before. Like, Hey, how do you do your documentation? So that's why I was asked because I know people complain, they get really busy. And then we see on the Facebook groups, uh, Oh man, I just spend a couple hours doing all this paperwork and stuff. And I'm like, why didn't you do it right after the patient? Like, what are you, whether you're clicking boxes or doing dictations, like, I don't, maybe I just never been busy enough to where, uh, <laughs> I just didn't even have time to, to click a couple buttons. Yeah. It depends too, like what their documenting standards or requirements are. Mm. If they don't like chiropractors, they, a lot of them use EHR, some version of an EHR that, is much more universal and they just click, click, click and they don't really individualize a report. Right. Because they don't have to. Their, their requirements don't require that to get paid. Two times in a treatment plan, do they really have to like the, the history and all that kind of stuff? Typically it's, you know, what'd you do today? Oh, did these decks, different exercises and yeah. Exactly. PT, a, a full-time PT would have a lot to say, I would think, because they might've done 10 different exercises in an hour. Yes, because we've worked with some. And I think yeah. we are right now. I, I'm i not positive. I'd have to go ask one of the ladies down the hall. It, it, it all depends on requirements and what level of billing they want to get reimbursed for. And if, yeah, some of them will use the same report over and over for different patients, which is obviously in the gray area. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It depends on their level of... Um, because if you're lazy, you can be lazy in dictation too. Yes. Yes. We've seen it many times where we've gotten calls from doctors and they've asked us to help catch them up for the last nine months. And uh, uh, Nine months? What? Like, <laughs> Just get yeah. copy and paste, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, that, some of them, I think, may do that, but uh, if they get audited, they will get into a world of hurt. Mm, I love the hesitation in your voice. <laughs> like, this is not how I wanted to run my business. You're going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. This is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's. we don't want to help them do that. If they can individualize the reports, we're more than happy to help. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> All right, so this is the, the question I was alluding to earlier. We have marketing on the show. We always kind of talk about it. There's companies out there, it's a dollar per minute. Now, typically those we use it for, I recorded a video, I need to do YouTube captions or Facebook captions. Why wouldn't I just use a company like that versus using something like yourself? Well, it's the old adage that you get what you pay for. Those services are different than ours. A lot of their people are overseas. English is their second, third, fourth language. They miss context. They uh, will get homonyms wrong and sound alike. You know, they're there, there, and there. They'll, they'll mix them up or spell them wrong. Or, whereas our people don't because they're U.S.-based. 
and English is their first language. We understand the slang because we're here. Every, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's not that the, the foreign transcriptions are bad. They just don't know because they don't live it, eat it, breathe it every day like our transcriptionists do. And we understand. And I've never tried it. it with medical terms. Yeah, um, it depends on the context because there are some highly trained people in the, in in, the, in India and the Philippines that are really good at medical transcription. Mm-hmm. Doctors dictate the same things over and over, and they're very regimented. It's when you have a free flowing dictation, like let's say for mental health or psychiatry, they don't say the same things over and over. So that's where it gets more complicated. And going back to the YouTube example, if, if you, we were recording this right now and you want to put it up on YouTube, that voice recognition system YouTube uses is about 70% accurate. So you're going to need a, at least 30% changed, but you're going to have to listen to the whole thing because you don't know where the errors are, you or me or someone else editing. And right. it's going to take you a really long time to go through it and edit it considerable amount or let's say you send it to one of my competitors that's a dollar a minute and you get a four-hour hearing back and it doesn't matter if it's a school board hearing or a court hearing it's going to take you three times longer than the recording to do the editing so if it's a four-hour hearing it's going to take you 12 hours to go through the whole thing to make sure it's accurate if you need it that accurate, our clients are different where they need 99% accuracy. The people that don't need that, they go to the dollar a minute place because maybe they don't need it that accurate for some reason or, or another. I don't know why you wouldn't want something accurate, but that's that's why people go there and not come to us because those places are like Walmart, high volume, high, extremely high volume, extremely low prices, and we're more like Nordstrom. We're not the most expensive. We're expensive, and we guarantee it. If you don't like it, we give it to you for free. Those companies, they don't. You can't get yeah. them on the phone either. Right. You know, if I'm talking a, a five-minute sales video about three steps to get rid of your headaches without having to go to the doctor. Yeah. I mean, even if it takes me 10 minutes to, to read through what they did, that's a whole different ball game versus my license is on the line because Bob down the street thinks I caused them his headaches that he's never had before. Exactly. Okay. And that was more for the, the listeners to understand. Like, you're paying more for your services, but there's a reason why you're not a dollar a minute. So, yes. Okay, cool. What are some of the misconceptions that you find in the, that you're always maybe having to ask or answer new clients or people who just started with your services for like the last month? What do you find is a big issue? A lot of them think it can be. So if it's a one hour file, they think it can be done in one hour. Uh, because it's an hour they're like well why would it take you longer than an hour to type an hour if there's two three four five eight people it takes longer because we have to keep rewinding to make sure we're attributing the right thing to the right person and that we heard them correctly if they speak over each other someone has a heavy accent or there's a bad connection there's music in the background it takes longer so we rewind repeatedly to make sure we get it right. A normal, you know, one hour file with let's say four people on it and we have to identify all four. We have to know who's speaking each time. It's going to take us between three and four times longer. So it'll take three to four hours to complete. Assuming good audio quality, not a lot of crosstalk, 
you know, things like that. Oof. The other big one is why can't I just do it myself? Oh, I can, I know how to type. And then they try it and they're like, Oh Oof. man, this does take a long time. <laughs> no, I, I did. I tried that before. I was like, Nope, <laughs> I'm trying not doing that again. You'd be surprised at the tips and tricks that our transcriptionists do to go faster and just as accurate. You know, they have foot pedals and really good software and really good uh, headphones to knock out background noise. Some of them have um, software where they can isolate different channels if there are different channels on the recording. So you can hone in on one person to make it more accurate and to go faster. They lots of text expanders if you if you're familiar with those and they memorize them. You know, we've got transcriptionists that have hundreds, if not thousands, of text expanders saved on their computers so they can fly through. Oh, which means patient presents with, and you're like, all I have to do is like PWI or something. It's like a whole sentence is now populated from a short code. Yes. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it helps them. It, um, transcription was somewhat commoditized when the internet became so accessible and fast. So there's a lot of foreign competition driving down prices. So to combat that, transcriptionists got faster so they could make more money in less time because prices mm. were going down. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they've, you know, a lot of them have learned how to use text expanders and, and they do it really well. Because that's kind of like at the court, the person that's typing up everything that's said, they're just doing it on the fly. Yes, a court reporter is doing it in code. And then they'll go home later and un- or decipher it or shorthand, whatever you want to call it. And they go right. home and re-listen and type it all out again. Oh, they do. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's think about this. You have to hire people. Maybe somebody's listening to this and they got a niece or a nephew that, I don't know, likes to type or something and <laughs> needs a job, wants a career. But what is some of the qualifications that you look for when you're hiring someone to do this? They can't be a felon because we run background checks on everybody. Okay. Uh, and they've got to be in the U.S. because of the background check thing. We've had some yeah. people from Canada, the U.K., Australia, South Africa. They want to work for us, but I don't know how to run background checks in those countries. Well, I, I found places that can do the background checks. They cost like $1,000. So that's why we don't. Yeah. <laughs> so we stick with U.S.-based people because the background checks here are like 100 bucks. It's not bad. Um, and then we test them if they score a 95 or above on three tests we give, we let them move on to the next stage where we start sending them short jobs and then we check their jobs every time. So we don't really need, you know, 10 years of experience. We want perfection. And if they score 95 or above on these tests, it's close to perfection. And I know it doesn't sound like it. But the tests are really difficult, and they're difficult on purpose. Do they go to school? Do they, they – these short code uh, – what do you call them? Text blocks. Do you learn that? Is that something that you can go to a trade school for? Is it something you just have to kind of figure it out on your own? There are online um, classes that will teach you how to do different kinds of transcription, legal, uh, medical. I, You know, we don't mind if people haven't gone to those because okay. let's say you worked in a sheriff's office for 10 years and – you typed law enforcement reports for the patrolmen, and then you did some of their interviews that investigators were conducting, and you did that over 10 years. You've got pretty good experience. 
Yeah. Or maybe you worked at a university doing closed caption for the hearing impaired or something like, you know, you've got the experience. You just don't have the certificate. It says you went to some school. That doesn't – we don't mind. Um, okay. Again, it's all about the test because we've had people, we've, we've hired them as independent contractors that have had no experience, but they got 98% on the test. That tells us something. If they're willing to do these tests and spend the time and score high, that they want the job. Okay. So really somebody, if there is somebody listening that would be interested in something like this, they could just start transcribing YouTube videos for practice or take an online class to figure out how to do it faster. And then be like, oh yeah, this is amazing to me. I just love doing this. Then they can contact a company like yours and that's how they can get a job. That's exactly right. And that's what we'll tell them when they fill out our online inquiry form for employment or independent contractor work. If they don't pass our test, we'll tell them, Hey, go to Amazon Turk, go to this company. They hire people with no experience. Get, you know, your feet wet, do maybe 750, yeah, 750 hours worth of, or yeah, is that right? Yeah, or a thousand, seven hundred. It is, but that's how you <laughs> get good at something. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you got to do ten thousand hours, according to Malcolm Gladwell, to become an expert. So, you know, around seven hundred fifty hours, you start to get pretty good at it, and then. You start adding in more text expanders as you keep going, and then it starts building in you know your brain, and pretty soon you're going pretty fast and pretty accurate. All right. So the the practice helps. You start figuring out shortcuts, and you just really it's about practice, and you'll get better at it. Okay. Yes. And right. I would tell people to specialize too. If you want to do legal, do legal or legal and law enforcement. They're really close, but medical is very different from legal transcription or law enforcement because medical is almost always single person narrative, mm. which is much different than throwing in another two or three voices in a court setting. And it behooves them to go work faster. Cause I assume they get paid by the project. And if it takes you three times longer than the average person, like, man, you just not making as much money as the next person either. Exactly. Okay. Ooh, that was good. I like that. When we're discussing marketing, I always say if people listen to the show and what the guests say, there's a good chance that they can integrate it into their own practice some way. Maybe it's an internal referral, maybe even external. So as a company, what kind of marketing do you all do that is successful? We do a lot of public relations and PR work, tons, um, to drive people to our website. We get traffic that way. And then we get inquiries from all over the country coming in through our website. And the public relations we do is on LinkedIn, a little on Facebook, and a little on Twitter. But LinkedIn mostly for us because we're B2B. Yeah. For, or from a physician's point of view, I would think they're more Facebook. At least the physicians I know that use Facebook, it works really well for them. Uh, but And that's a form of public relations because if people don't know about you, they can't use you or they right. can't go to your office. It's all, it's almost all outreach of some kind to get in front of the decision maker or the person that's going to use our services. It's public relations all day long. I wish I'd have known that five years ago because I, for the first three or four years, I didn't, I didn't even know what public relations was. I would, you know, go to the Colorado Medical Group Management Association conferences and meetings and meet people. And I guess that's a form of public relations, 
but we weren't getting mentioned in magazine articles. We weren't doing magazine articles. Now I do a lot of that. I, you know, you were in Forbes. For, yeah, Forbes Entrepreneur Inc. That to get the name out, to get you know, not necessarily my name because I don't care if people know who I am. I want them to know who Transcription Outsourcing is, though. Right. Somebody's got to be behind it. Yeah, they, yeah, that's why it's me. But yes, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because LinkedIn, you know, when I'm in finding guests, sometimes I'll go on Instagram or like if I, you know, see somebody that's interesting with with their stuff, I'm like, hey, you want to be on the show? And lately, I've been kind of going on LinkedIn because they've got all these suggest you people, and and then you look at your your Rolodex that you become quote friends with, and if they're a bunch of doctors, you just gotta send them all. Hey, saw your LinkedIn, saw your website. Looks like you're the CEO, potentially, of uh, XYZ Hospital. Maybe we could have lunch or have a conversation about using me exclusively for your entire hospital or something. Yeah, no, that's right. And it works. It won't work every time, but no sales or marketing works every time. There's a percentage. Right. And, you, and then when you find what works, you pile on and keep going with it. And I'm, I'm assuming once you get the foot in the door, you get the right doctor in a in an organization to try you because we're probably not happy always with who we're using. We just don't know what to do and we're not, it's easier just to stick with something that doesn't work than to figure out how to make it work better. Sometimes like it kind of works good enough. Oh yeah, you're exactly right. That happens all the time. I even do that in my business where I'm like, ah, it works. It's not working as well as I'd like, but it's a pain in the butt to change it. So we're just going to deal with it until it totally blows up. (laughs) You finally change you like, oh my gosh, that was so dumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wasted time, wasted money. Uh, where do you see the profession and I guess specifically yourself, you know, where are y'all going in the next five years, but also as the profession? Ah, that's a tough one. Voice recognition has gotten better for sure. Don't think it's as good as they want us to think. The the big one the the dragons of the world. Uh, I was going to ask about that, right? They have twenty thousand people in India editing for them. I mean, they're it's not you know even close to as accurate as they may give off. Um, and that service costs extra. In addition to, if you have the yearly license, if you want to have them edit it, it costs more. And that license gonna, ain't cheap. Oh no, twelve or fifteen hundred bucks a year, um, and it usually ties in with an EMR. And then through the EMR company, they partner back with the folks in India. So then it all is—it's done online, and you know it's seamless. But it's not nearly as accurate. That doesn't worry me worry me too much. It's the voice recognition for multiple person files. If that gets better, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> At this point, I think we're okay because. They can't tell a man's voice from a woman's voice. Like, literally, they can't. They can't just dis- differentiate between that yet. Okay. I don't know that that will happen. I, mean, I, I guess I'm not into that kind of stuff enough to know. I need you to do some more research on this and then send me an email <laughs> so that we can invest into this company. And then we could just uh, have a nice nest egg from a, something that might take over an entire industry. Yeah, well, if that does happen... Yeah, I'm going to invest too. <laughs> I do keep an eye on it. I, I get Google Alerts every day. Yeah. Wow. Hey, so, okay, I, let me ask you this before. I, I was going to go a different direction. Dragon Software, you, 
or whatever other companies are out, uh, doing that. Um, twelve hundred is not that bad. I thought it was like ten thousand a year, so that's twelve hundred. That's not that bad. But so they're still you're still dictating. There's still a lag time. Someone still is in the background checking everything, and then it gets input. So is that a major competitor compared to like uh, Rev.com? For medical transcription, it is because they've signed agreements with all the EHR companies. So if you have a specific EHR like Epic or All Scripts, you can funnel it that way toward the voice recognition piece, then to the editing, and then back to your EHR. And it usually takes anywhere between 4 and 24 hours. But again, you're dealing with people whose first language is not English. So they're still way more mistakes that's your main competitors right now yes okay all right so that's where we come in with yeah you're using it yeah it ties in but ask your doctors they may not be that satisfied with it they really would switch over and pay a little extra even if they had to to get a better service and a better outcome yeah but a lot of them are not allowed to we you know i like you mentioned in the beginning we're in denver and the University of Colorado Health System is the biggest in the state now, and they've been buying up practices like crazy. And they migrate them all onto their EHR with their voice recognition piece. And I still talk to some of my old clients, and they said it's not even close. But they can't do anything about their it. hands are tied. Yeah. I... Yeah. Okay. No wonder you had to trans- uh, transition into other fields. Yes. I, I really enjoyed being in the medical, you know, healthcare industry too, and being on those boards and going to all the conferences. Cause I thought, it, I don't know, it was, it was fun. I need to have an episode about that because I've kind of been hearing doctors, you know, they get bought out by the system and it was supposed to be this big, fancy, awesome thing, but it sounds like the, the drawbacks are there, but now it's gotten to the point where like, well, I really, I can't get out of it or like to start over. I don't know if they can do it or not. So I guess there's a lot of political stuff in there. Maybe they don't want to talk about that on the show. But it's I think it's a problem, kind of. It was cool at one point, but then it turned into a problem. Yes, it's very different. Because at one point, and, and I know this because I have a lot of clients that are now part of those systems and friends just, you know, in Denver. They were their own business owners and they got to make their own decisions. And now someone else is telling them, Oh, you're on call this weekend. Oh, you only get three weeks vacation, you know, things like that. And here's your salary and you can't make more. Even if you see more patients, here's your salary. Oh, yeah. So it's much different. I mean, you're part of a giant corporation. Wow. But they did get bought out at one point. Oh yeah. They made the, they made a lot of money on a buyout for sure. Okay. But per year now you're, you're, you're averaging it out. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And I don't know they would, they would talk about it because I'm thinking of a couple of buddies that are doctors that have been bought out. I don't know. They might, they probably wouldn't, at least on the record, <laughs> talk about Yeah, I was say, this sounds like whiskey in Boulder, but not on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I had a clinic out in Westminster, Colorado. Yeah, it's about 20 minutes from nice our thing. office. Yeah, not too bad little area. Hey, I want to transition just a little bit of the personal side. Sounds like you probably have a, a busy life. Any kind of volunteering, hobbies, or anything to help create that Work-life balance? Yeah, a few things here and there. Um, I play a lot of tennis, probably between 8 and 12 hours a week. Yeah, Yeah, four, five, six times a week. You know, sometimes it's seven or eight, just depending on what's going on. I play on a lot of different teams, and it can get busy sometimes. And I volunteer 
usually for friends who have already started uh, a foundation or a fundraiser. I've not started my own. I've given some thought. I haven't yet gotten into it yet. I will eventually. Right now I'm helping friends with cystic fibrosis and cancer research, things like that. When they ask me to help, I help. I always wondered, you know, all these people, especially like celebrities, they always start their own organization. Like, aren't there a hundred organizations already that do whatever it is that you're interested in? (laughs) Why don't you just give time and money and just be their spokesman or something? I don't know. Uh, Well, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. How do you uh, stay injury free? Because, I mean, that's a lot of tennis. I don't know what pros do, but, you know, as a chiropractor, we treat a lot of elbows and wrists and shoulders. So what are you doing? Um, It's a lot of foam rollers, stretching, massage. I do Pilates (laughs) Uh, because I do have elbow problems. I have golfer's elbow and tennis elbow. It's gone away for now. I have a pinched nerve in my neck that I have to get acupuncture for every two or three months. And I have bad sciatic nerve problems, so it's the proper stretches for sciatic nerve. So I don't. I don't stay injury-free. It's managing them. Okay. That's pretty funny. I go injury-free. Like, actually, I just play through it. I figure it out. But I applaud you for actually doing what you need to because some people would just give up and either quit playing or just deal with the pain and not actually spend the cash and the time to fix it. Well, I I like winning. (laughs) And I can win more if... I can manage the injuries. What kind of racket is a good racket these days? Oh, man. There's a bunch of good Wilson rackets right now and Babolat and Head. I And what kind of range are we talking for a good racket price-wise? Oh, 150 to 250 depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't play tennis, so I don't – I mean, there's a, in my little town, the one thing we do have is basketball – and they have like six tennis courts. And I was supposed to play with this little guy. I was like, I was like, wife, I don't, I don't own anything. I really don't want to buy the gear yeah. to play like six lessons and then never do it again. We tried that with badminton. <laughs> I don't want to do it for tennis too. <laughs> if you send me your address, I can probably mail you some rackets. Wow. There we go. <laughs> when we're talking about books, podcasts, even your favorite phone app, Anything that you secretly love and something that you should definitely check out? Man, books. I really like Jim Collins' books. Good to Great, Great by Choice, How the Mighty Fall. Recently, I read a book called Relentless. I thought it was pretty good. I like the guy was no nonsense. At least I thought he was no nonsense. Tim Grover wrote it. It's fairly new and it's, it's pretty good. Start With Why by Simon Sinek is also a really good book. And it's pretty popular, and you probably get that answer a lot. Never had that answer, but I have heard of the book personally. It's a good book. He, and he's a very good storyteller. So it's easy to follow. It's not complicated. It, it, Start With Why? Yes. Did you like the Malcolm Gladwell? Oh, I've read all of his. Malcolm Gladwell. His books are awesome. Yeah. Um, I like the way he puts things together, too. He's a good storyteller also. Ego is the enemy. It it helps you understand the perspective of you really should take a step back and understand not everyone's talking about you (laughs) and perspective. You know, there's almost 8 billion people on the planet. Relax, buddy. You're not (laughs) – 
number one. Have you noticed, talking about celebrities again, but it's like a news cycle. If you could survive those 48 hours, people just don't care anymore. Maybe your, your inner circle cares and you hear about it because you're surrounded by it. But the average Joe, we're done. Like, oh, there was a mass shooting the other day. A week later, you're like, oh, 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 I don't know. Okay, what city was that in again? I mean, that's horrible, but that's kind of true. It's how yes. it is, it seems. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's sad, but yeah. Oh, any, uh, any fun phone apps for yourself? I, I follow Google Analytics probably a little too much. I could probably go to you know some type of rehab for that. I, I pay attention to search engine optimization a lot. So I use the Google Analytics app quite a bit. Uh, so that's the crux of your proof in the pudding of marketing? Yes. <laughs> Other than that, I use Audible a lot to listen to books when I'm driving around visiting clients and things like that. And podcasts. I listen to a bunch of different podcasts, and it's not the same. I like to switch it up. Mm-hmm. Marketing School is a good one. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, Neil, I'll look it up. Neil Patel and Eric Sue. They talk about their five-minute episodes, actionable items that can be used like immediately. Five minutes with Neil Patel. That's pretty good. Yeah, and they do one Monday, a new one Monday through Friday every day. Wow. Okay, I need to look that up because that was Duke. You know Noah Kagan? Yes. Yeah, I listened to his a little bit and Digital Marketer. That's a pretty good one. I'm. I find Digital Marketer. If if someone's interested in this stuff. They got really good programs. Like their podcast is really good. Their programs are really, and I guess that's the point. They found the price point that people are like, ah, $37. I'll buy it. If I ended up not even implementing anything from it, it was still only $37. So they, they've got a lot of good stuff out there. Oh, there totally is. But I, I don't know if there's a shortcut for search engine optimization. Um, it's, there's on page. There's off-page, there's backlinks, there's all kinds of stuff going on. There's so many different moving parts and pieces. I, I have a really good search engine optimization, on-page search engine optimization. I, and then I've got a couple other pieces that I tie together. And these guys all specialize in different things to bring them all into one. And I would think that almost any doctor could benefit from that because – if they don't own their zip code where they're at, when someone types in Google, there's something wrong. I would really emphasize that if I were giving a doctor or a dentist, chiropractor, you name podiatrist, orthopedic surgeon. If, if they're new, starting a new practice, search engine optimization, get your town or your zip code under control. That's good advice. Because when I searched you, I didn't. I was like, I don't know what his business name is called, but I know his name. You're. I had to actually. The easiest way to find you was backlinked articles, and then they. Then I found your website from one of their articles. I was like, wow, that's that's kind of like a dream for I would think for a company like yourself, where you're obviously you probably want your website first, but the word backlinks are from like Forbes pop up quick. Yeah, that's a good thing. Social proof immediately. Exactly. Like, who's this guy? Whoa. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> I hired a PR firm to help get me into those you know, publications and things like, and I submitted applications to write for different places. Yeah. Which doctors can do too, because they're experts in their field. Yeah. There we go. I think you just put some light bulbs up for a lot of people right now. The last (laughs) five minutes, if you're still listening to the show, you got some good information just now that should be able to get you excited Monday morning to, to, to research more on how to get this PR and how to get the 
the, the SEO on your page just a little bit better than it probably is right now. So Oh, I could easily give them three tools in a heartbeat that would blow their minds and help them immediately. Come on, give them. Uh, I would use moz.com for local. You can use, um, uh, what is it, Bright Local? Bright, oh man, now I've forgotten it. Um, White Spark, Bright something, Bright Local, Bright Search, Bright Moz. They're local, so you can make sure your listing is the same on every local citation. So your Google business page, your Bing, your Yahoo, Yellow Pages, those put you pay those things, those services I just mentioned, Moz for Moz Local, you pay them like twenty bucks a month and they make sure that your address, phone number, everything is the same on all of those things. Which then Google likes because it sees it's the same on let's say twenty five different directories. Google goes, oh, that must be the right address and the right phone number. Places you've never even heard of are now accurate. Yes, and they do it for you. That's the whole point of having them. Oh, nice. Yeah, they okay. They make sure it's the same on every single place or directory. Perfect. Sorry. On-page SEO, I don't know that. I, he's just a guy I found in Denver that's really good at his job. If someone contacts me after the show, I'll be more than happy to give you his name and number. Well, I can. You just gave his website. Yeah. He could find it. What is his website? His name is Jerry Sexton. He's in Denver. I can tell you in a second. Sexton and Company. S-E-X-T-O-N-A-N-D Company.com. Um, he knows his stuff. On-page SEO. He's really good. Now, oh, A-Refs. A-H-R-E-F-S is really good. You'll get more information about your website than you ever thought possible. What do you do with it? You can see what your competitors or things are broken. Oh, that you can see what your competitors are doing. Search keyword search suggestions. So, if you wanted to start a car wash company in Dallas, you would type in car wash Dallas, and then it would tell you car wash Fort Worth, car wash Plano, car wash South Dallas, and say these are other terms people are searching for in your area. So then you can start to build out your website with those search terms as well. And if you're doing Google AdWords, now you have a yes keywords to, to pay for. Exactly. So for a plastic surgeon that wants to do more, I don't know, facelifts, it will give them ideas on other iterations of facelift, which I don't know of it, but I'm sure there are some. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. Two doctors before you are both about facelifts and hair restoration, <laughs> so just randomly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would help them. That I just interviewed. Awesome. That's great. You never know what somebody's into. So SEO optimization, Google Analytics. We got Ben on, the expert, the mini expert, <laughs> yeah. if you will. <laughs> I bring the experts together. I learn a little from all of them. Dangerous. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like you, I... I would listen to certain podcasts or read certain things and I'd bring it to my internet guy. He's like, yeah, you're the only person that's asked about that. So let me do some research. That's really, where are you getting your information from, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to be cutting edge. I mean, I don't know if it's working, but I'm trying sometimes. <laughs> what can people contact you? What's your website? All that jazz. 
Our website is www.transcriptionoutsourcing.net. And on Twitter, it's Benjamin K. Walker. LinkedIn, it's Ben Walker. Um, yeah, they can find information on, you know, the different kinds of transcription services we offer at transcriptionoutsourcing.net. And there's a form on there if they want to contact us or our phone number is obviously there. We're in Denver. We're here from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Very good. Thank you so much for bringing so much knowledge and information today. My pleasure, Justin. That was fun. I'd like to tell you about a special deal we're doing right now. If you're listening to this months or years from right now, just contact me. Maybe we can still offer this for you. But what it is, the acupuncture no-needle book. We're doing some bonuses for the same cost of the book. Not only do you get a one-hour, one-on-one coaching session, but I will actually throw in the probe and the ear seeds, which I already like to do. But the big thing is you're going to get the electric acupuncture pin for no extra cost. The electric acupuncture pin actually helps you find the acupuncture points that you need to stimulate. And because it's kind of like a muscle stem, but with a special tip, you're going to get far superior results. Definitely go to needlelessacupuncture.net and check that out. Also, uh, the first book, Today's Choices, Tomorrow's Health. You know, we're talking tips from China. We're talking 10 plus years experience as a chiropractor, answering patients' questions day in and day out, blueprints that I personally use to lose weight, not eat so much, and also keep my finances in order. It's something that I'm passionate about. That's why I wrote the book. It's over 200 pages, 40-something chapters. Uh, Again, offering a bonus for this one as well, a one-on-one coaching call for one hour at no extra cost. We got t-shirts, some uh, different state pride, some chiropractic t-shirts. If you got any ideas, let me know. I can maybe design up something and make it available for everybody. Follow us on uh, social media because there are a lot of sales that go on with these shirts. Let you know if you write a review, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, let me know. Send me an email and every month I can raffle off one prize. The prize is to be determined, but we can do that. Also, if you check underneath the resources page on doctorsperspective.net. You'll see all our affiliate links, which we get a little kickback for. And then, of course, on every show note page, we have Amazon links for the books that people have mentioned and any other types of products. So if you click that, Amazon pays us a little bit. As always, thank you so much for listening. You can buy the host a cup of coffee on the PayPal button on the website. And remember, listen, critically think about it, and implement it into your practice. We just went hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.